What's up, dudes? Why, well, thank you for your ongoing support. Me and my mom, Grandma Gutter Punk. She's rocking the house fucking down and destroying that motherfucker lately. Hope you've been enjoying these shows, man. We've had some fucking doozies. They're only going to get fucking better, too. All my haters, you guys can keep sucking my nuts. Everybody else, join us on the fucking show. You can uh, send me and my mom money. AdamAirWilliams at gmail.com via PayPal. Go ahead and fucking hook it up. We appreciate it. We will smoke it up, get puppy pads and all this other shit. Thank you guys, and keep staying tuned in to Adam Air MDGD Underground Cartoon Fucking Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MDGD Underground Cartoon Therapy. The show without fear, motherfucker. Holy fuck. Oh shit, I fucked it up. Say that again, Mom. Holy bitch, <laughs> How's it going out there? You okay? I'm hanging in there. All the neighbors have been out today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I ain't been able to let Poochie Poo out much because the Wicked Witch been hanging on her porch. Huh. Well, beside all that, I got this guy on the show today, Doug Holverson. He's an elder in the comics field, but uh, he doesn't sound too happy. He sounds like he's about 80 years old from what I heard. 80 years old, and, you know, he's acting like he's younger than you, right? That man, he's a year older than me, and he's acting like he's 20 years older than me. <laughs> 20, are you older than you? Yeah. He's acting like an old fart, right? He's acting like he's 80, man. <laughs> the motorized walker to get around. <laughs> wang, wang, wang. What a big weenie. I know, I tell people they can call the fucking show the vent, but I try to get them to, you know, talk about some more positive aspect shit, but... Well, we swore we weren't going to turn this into a place, into a forum for people to throw pity parties for themselves, and he comes about as close as I would ever want to get to that line. Yeah, it was pity party... USA, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking pity pottying. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, this episode is brought to you by fucking some resin I scraped out of my fucking pipe that I actually bought from my mom. And I've been smoking out of it and never sent it to her. It's barely grandma approved. Uh, this barely makes it, right? This is one of those uh, Lost Files episodes, right? I can see why. Well, this is the, uh, one of the Lost Files. We're just going to title it under Lost Files, semicolon, Doug Holverson. And, uh, yeah, he's not a very happy cat. Not really. But uh, we'll go ahead and torture everybody with this fucking show anyway for an hour. <laughs> they deserve it. They listen to us. 
<laughs> and guys out there, if you uh, want to send me and my mom money, you can PayPal me or hit me up on Messenger under Adam Williams. You'll see my little fucking thing. You'll know it's me. You know it's me, who the fuck I am. And then you can hit me up and uh, send me and my mom money because we always need weed and puppy pads and other shit. And uh, I guess without further ado, or yeah, adamairwilliams at gmail.com. I just want your money. No, I want you guys to tell us a story too if it's interesting. As long as it's not boring at all. And we're not doing any more whiner shows after this one, huh, Mom? Right. That's not fucking happening. Yep, leave a message on, uh, on Underground Cartoon Therapy for me or Grandma Gutterpunk, and uh, let's get this fucker rolling. We'll be right back, guys. Nobody knows what the fuck it is, but it's a ripoff of Thunder the Barbarian. From the director who brought you Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper, Cannonball Run, comes the ultimate spectacle. Megaforce, an elite compact fighting unit armed with the most sophisticated weapons ever seen on a movie screen. The mission to preserve freedom and justice and battle the forces of evil. We now return. Yeah, look at the H O L V E R S O N. Holverson. Holverson.
over some yeah, skills and all will win stuff in A. Right on. Uh, well, welcome to the show. You right, you ready to do this? I'm going to let you go ahead and talk, and uh, I heard you had some interesting uh, things to say about the comic book field, and uh, I am thankful to have you on the show. Yes, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm kind of, kind of ignored. Yeah, Are you kind of ignored? You kind of feel that way, yes. Well, what's been going on in your uh, comic book career? that uh, maybe younger people could uh, listen to and uh, and relate to, since there's so many young people coming in. I think a lot of them are really awesome, too, man. Uh, I haven't really seen any hacks or anything. As I kind of, like, need, uh, need to look into it then. Yeah, okay, like, I was, okay, I was, like, a, okay, I'm kind of, like, a, a Generation Jones, like, boomer, part of the boom that's not... Just back instead of be part of the real boom, you know, like all, you know, like all the cosmic and groovy children of, of the '60s were. You know, and I'm really kind of like the forgotten the children of the '70s. Yeah. And uh, and uh, anyway, kind of grew up, you know, hand me on comic books like the old Hannibal Bear and Filmation crap on Saturday mornings and. Star Trek and Mike Python were all like in reruns at night. Remember the Batman cartoon with the Batmite on it for coming from Filmation? Yeah. No, like, uh, didn't like Catwoman have a like, green suit or something? <laughs> yeah, that was her like weirdo. It was some weird stylization they were trying to fuck with, I think, you know? Yeah, like, they kind of like had a template design. For, you know, attractive female, you know, you know, this, you know, they had like the heroic build male t- template. They used like Black Star He Man and had like one for the females, like Tila and Catwoman and She Ra and all that. Did you just watch that He Man Revelation shit? No. Yep, don't bother. Yeah. yeah, good art, shitty story. Kevin Smith. You know, the guys hit or fucking miss. Yeah. I like Jay and Silent Bob or whatever. Yeah. The only one I ever saw was Mallrats, and I think that's kind of like his lesser... I guess that's even his lesser movie, too. Yeah, that's when you knew he was a Stan Lee sympathizer. Yeah. Because he's got Stan Lee on there all like, I, Yeah, of course I created the fucking Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And you know he fucking didn't. Yeah. No. So what are you dealing with? What kind of shit are you dealing with? Okay, right now I'm just kind of gave up my comics aspirations. I mean, I'm over sixty. Finally got, finally got diagnosed as a for autism last fall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kinda I like, just I just found out I had it. If they knew that back, back before I got shipped off to kindergarten, nineteen sixty-six. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? You, you? How old are you? You're like sixty. Uh... Sixty-one. I turned sixty-one last November. Man, you're fucking young. Yeah. You're young. You can. You got a bunch of like. You got at least like 
20 more years of, like, fuck this shit left in your ass, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. You can bust out some more comics and be like, fuck people. I'm doing this doing art. Right now I'm just doing all this bunch of single panel pinups and stuff. Some of my female characters like Flexia and, and them. Flexia's daughter, uh, Revelia. These are like a... Uh, ex- okay, I need to backtrack. I like a... Like one of my better known characters, Flexia Bast, is like a warrior woman. Oh, yeah. From another planet. What, what's her originally, name? And she was originally a warrior. And she originally appeared in the original version of Captain Saucer from the 80s. Who was that? Tops? Who put that up? No, I don't. This is a small press. Yeah? So this is like, you know, me and going to, the, going to a copy shop. So it was my own little company called the 09 Press. Is that when you started putting out, like, you started on zine comics before, like, you got published or whatever? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Did a little digest, digest zine, Xerox, no drawing them on cheap paper, and, uh, as, you know, striking down Xerox and doing a little digests. Yeah, those were the best, right? Okay, now I feel better about doing them, yeah. So I did that, like, in the middle of the 80s. Started in the early 80s and went to the middle 80s. Yeah, I did a reboot called Interstellar Overdrive. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Totally died in the direct market like a dog. Oof. I think, like, Capital City and them can bite my butt over it, too. I mean, they're, like, doing nasty write-ups. Yeah. In their catalogs and... Kind of suck up to the big two and whatever the big indie was that year and knock on the smaller indies and the small press. So, like, toxic gatekeeping there, you know, by the distributors. Was there someone specific that was just, like, just kept fucking with you? Is there someone ominous, a staff writer? You just feel more comfortable not dropping the name? I don't, actually, I don't know the name. Really? Just kind of some anonymous-ass shit, huh? I mean, is this some, you know, faceless guy in the, in the capital city staff? No. If I did know, I still want to drop it they don't want a nuisance suit. The guy's written one of those back in the 90s. And... A nuisance suit? Yeah, a libel suit, yeah. Huh. I haven't had one of those yet. I never had one, but somebody did threaten. They did threaten you with one? Yeah. What does it entail if they, uh, if, if one is violated or whatever? You know, basically, this guy, where this guy's going to threaten to sue me unless I take something back that I said in the zine. Really? Yeah, which, yeah, this is like around 90, I don't know. What, like mid-90s? Yeah, this is the middle-90s. Yeah, this is somebody in the local fan scene. I mean, you must have said something like, what, hateful, or... Said I want trust him farther than I can throw him. And then, and then that was enough for you to get fucked with, legally? Or threatened. Shit. It's like, yeah, yeah, actually the whole thing was like, I want to trust him, throw him farther 
something that you could have gotten the PMR or not the PMRC but the uh, the comic book legal defense fund to help you with or something when you look back no. at it no it's more like a fan feud type of thing a fan feud cause fuck fans right I mean they suck I don't know nobody even cares about fans anymore anyway cause you know most of them are fucking fanatic and just crazy you can't even take them. You're the one that has to sue them. Yeah. You got to counter sue them. Yeah. And if that don't work, you can go shoot them in the head like a feral cat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, hey, we... <laughs> so these are the, like, upsetting stories of, uh... But what are some of your, like, successes, you know? Like, what was the, like, highlights of your your comic book career? Like, what was some of the cooler things that you were able to uh, achieve or whatever that you felt like, hey, you know, uh, I might not be able to ever do this thing again, you know, but I, I was able to do it then. Yeah. I know, like I said, I created Flexia Bast. I got it's, uh, 25 issues of small press comic called Captain Saucer. There were five in the first series. I got Rebooters 20. The second series created Flexia Bast. I created one of the characters named Fanboy. Mine was the one that was a funny appliance. And it was a, and it was kind of like a parody of fandom acting stupid back in the 80s. If we could do that in good public. Uh, uh, well, we, how would you describe fandom back then in the 80s? I would have been too young to have. I wouldn't have gotten started until, like, you know, early 90s, really, man. Like, or right at the end, 89, you know, but that was about... Yeah. 
as far back as... It was click here, so it's kind of like dominated by the no-nukes hippies and I was like atomic. I was Adam Punk before he even had a term, which is another high point, you know, Adam Punk. <laughs> yeah, you are a punk rocker, right? I think they kind of, kind of like a, I don't know, I like to think I am something, but it's wonder if I'm just a farm boy poser, but... <laughs> no way, dude. I'm punk. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I cussed at you. I didn't even know who the fuck you were, and you were like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. I thought that was punk as fuck. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, I you didn't even know who I was. You were like, shit, I'll fucking do it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up around rednecks in a big farm, so. <laughs> That's cool, man. Me too, in a lot of ways. You know, I think a lot of that kind of stems from that kind of you know, environment almost, in a way. Yeah. That was kind of like degenerated down to the whole let's go Brandon mentality up there, so for a reason I'm in the city now, working for the post office inside. Are you a post office worker? Yes, I'm an electronic technician. You never had to go out on a run, like, and deliver actual mail, right? No. Working in the back office, keeping your machines running. That sounds like a pretty posh job, dude. It pays me well. I mean, it pays me more in comics. Well, like, don't was why I don't chase comics. Are you allowed to get stoned, or did you have to do drug tests and shit? No, yeah, I've done drug tests, but they're they're like the electronics technician. I think they dumbed it down. Back back when I took it, next to nobody ever passed it. It was nicknamed the unpassable test. <laughs> next no and next to nobody could ever crack crack a seventy and I actually got a ninety point nine on it. Oh wow. It was another big bragging right. Huh. You uh what made you like were you just at what point like did you have to make a solid decision that, or have comics always been like kind of, you knew you just wouldn't like really make a living off of it. You were just going to go get like, I think, a, af- I think like after Heroes Road and a lot of stuff and just a little bit too much clickishness, like I said, I got, yeah. I got, okay, around 96, I got cyber bullied in the local scene back before cyberbullying had a name. What was that like? Weird. I mean, you know. I mean, what did they cyberbully you with? Guy swiped a gift from my, I swiped a JPEG off my website and bastardized it and wrote a smear page about me. What the fuck? And how how did how did he hack? He was like an early hacker, huh? I mean, mainly like you know, just save you know, probably just save, uh, save uh, you know, save it, save the gag, you know, save the download folders or whatever. Huh? What a douche! You know, basically, it's not that hard to get that you know, save an image off the internet. Basically, you know, back in HTML. <laughs> Number two days when everything was like fifty, was you know thirty six, uh, thirty six and fifty six k dial up. What did that mean? 
for a computer uh, dummy like me who doesn't know what the hell that means. Okay, everything everything had phone modems. Actually, it was sort of fast days, but painful. had phone it had phone modems that go. This is before broadband. This really had modems that go in for your phone line. I see what you're saying. And they squealed and disconnected and. Phone service wasn't that good back then with the long landlines either. And this is like web point one, really. It was like right at the beginning. Right at the beginning, before broadband for, yeah, 90s net. Could that guy get away with that kind of crap now with bot, uh, broadband? Depends, I don't know. It's like, it back when, like, you know, like... Like, you know, websites, you could, you know, like, you know, you got it. If you had a web service that gave you so many megs to a website, you could roll your own. So that was very fanish and amateur in those days, but a lot more enthusiastic, less corporate. Uh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds really, uh, annoying and intimidating. Yeah. How long did that last for? For a while? It is at one page, and I know Zuck and Pope was deleted, and I don't know, I kind of just... So it was kind of a one-shot bully thing? It wasn't like far Melrose I, Place? As far as I know, I never, went, I never went back and checked again. Didn't go into season two and three, you know? I think he had this one long-winded page, and it was up... Up on this one ISP that's no longer there. Who was the coolest people you ever worked with? I don't know. I hung around Pat Moriarty. Maybe help him get started. Yeah? Yeah, I kind of know that guy, huh? He's a punk rocker, too. Yeah. He's definitely into punk rock. And he's got enough words. He's got the golden toonie, and he's... Rolling Stones cartoonist back in 1996. He's been a seamster in Seattle. And his son has a band. Were you guys working together or like not that close when he was like just, he was doing his own thing, right? He was just. Just doing his own thing, yeah. He, was, he did some stuff for Twin Tone up in, uh, up in Minneapolis and probably other freelance stuff. He actually moved to Minneapolis like the day before it became a alt rock capital of the U.S. And then he moved to Seattle like the day before it became the alt rock capital of the U.S. Did stuff for Fantagraphics and uh, he did stuff for Sub Sub Pop and other other people up there. Yep, Sub Pop's definitely out. Yeah. Um... So he's like there when you know what's called grunge, but was technically locals didn't consider it to be grunge. They considered it to be a Seattle sound. <laughs> What'd you think about that? I think it was kind of cool in the '90s. That, you know, like, at least for a while, Alder Rock got played in the radio. What kind of punk rock do you prefer? I don't, know. I don't really thought about. It. I think maybe the older stuff. I like to go back to the New York. I like trying to find out more about the New York stuff in the seventies where it all started. Yeah, that's awesome. You did. You, you've been to CBGB. No, I've never been there. I just kind of daydreaming about it. 
you uh, why didn't you go? I mean, you had a, you had a lot of opportunity, obviously, if you're as old as Pat Moriarty, right? Had a lot less luck than Pat Moriarty too. Yeah. Why? Why do you? You weren't comparing yourself, though. I mean, or, or like, have you fell into that where you were like, damn, how come Pat's got the... the back, back in my mind thing, but I don't... There's not really a big thing, though. Was it just things that you just felt like, what, I mean, circumstance or what? I think a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it to circumstance, I think a little... A little bit, yeah. I think he got out of Iowa, got off, you know, away from the small town, because things worked out that way for him, and it didn't work out for me. Hmm. How close were you guys? You just we just knew each other close in the enough. field? Yeah, we, we were in contact, and actually stayed out within my scoped out of Seattle for a move that never happened back in 06, and I, when he's back in Iowa, I see him. Got together with him last fall, and he showed me a video he did for the replacements re-release. Yeah, was that cool? Yeah, it's cool. It's just for the song "Shut Up" and it's on YouTube. It's hilarious, and people in the know say kind of really captured Minneapolis in the eighties. Yeah. So where are you at? You're in Nebraska. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm originally from Soldier, Iowa. So how is it out there? It's cold. We got the north wind blowing more cold stuff in right now. Yeah. You're on that fucking heading towards Colorado shit. Yeah. Now I'm on the other side of the Mississippi, man. Oh, wow. How far out east here? I'm like right on the Mississippi River on the uh, Illinois side. Okay. And right now the weather looks crappier than it is. Uh, but I, I can handle some cold weather. Yeah. You know, I think for me, it's like, whatever, dude. Yeah. I, it don't matter. <laughs> you know, my mom's down in NOLA. She's got warmer blood. So she's like, yeah. oh, it's cold down here. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, it's like 56 degrees. I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah. You know, she can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. She's got to stay in the, the warm lands. Here at what Illinois border next to uh, Iowa, or yeah, you know, like uh, about an hour from all this shit. You know, three hours from Chicago, an hour from St. Louis, two hours from Memphis, the Quad Cities up. You know, you're not too far away. It's another hour and a half or whatever. Yeah, not far. You know, uh, you know, there's nothing really to go up to Iowa for unless you're a white supremacist. It's like, you know, or you want fucking lower, uh, uh, whatever, like going to school and and paying less money, you know, because Southern Illinois already messed that up for a lot of people. Where I'm at, I'm in, I'm, I'm in Little Egypt. Okay. And they call it that because it was a Delta. It is a Delta. And it looks like, you know, the same space between Cairo and... Memphis, Egypt. So you got Cairo, Illinois, and Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm just here for a minute. Studying. Interesting. Actually, I'm drawing a, a comic book as we speak. 
Yeah, because uh, I just don't want to sit back, you know, ten years from now and be like, oh, I didn't get this and that about, you know, because that's already happened to me. I've already been character assassinated by people who matter and people who don't. And uh, you know what I discovered for myself, Doug? Could give yeah. a flying fuck less. And when okay. I get when I get sixty one, I want to be able to like, cool man. I still don't give a fuck about the shit. And I only draw fucking comics for me, and everybody can go fuck themselves. I like that whole fucking. There's a little bit where I was in the eighties, because you know, actually I said I was kind of like outcast in a local fan scene, so I just kind of do it for myself since I wasn't since it wasn't being drawn for them. That must have felt good to have had. You know, to have felt that way and to be like, I think, you know, more people would feel better if they uh, utilized that kind of anger. You know what Gore Vidal, you know what Gore Vidal said? He did, he said one of my favorite quotes, man. Okay. He said, every time a friend makes it, a little piece of me dies inside. Okay. And, you know, there's some fucking truth to it. You know, uh, I think it's a human notion to be, wow, this guy's got a, not to exploit the fact that, in the fact of like Pat Moriarty, but you know, you said it, when you said it, you sounded like you had a little disdain, and I, and I can understand on some level, you know, uh, getting gatekeeped and being blocked back, and having other people make it. While you're getting fucked around. Yeah. And uh, that's not a great fucking feeling, is it? No. And, you know, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a more common feeling than we would like to acknowledge. And also, I feel like it's a problem for some people to fucking gatekeep other people. Yeah. And there's that problem. Yes. You know, where it's like... Well, on one end, there's people like you and I who can feel, we can smell the shit stains of fucking being held back, while motherfuckers are like, getting, you know, whatever, pleasured out on, and the the redemptions of having their comic, and, you know, having worked hard. Yeah. And, uh. And that's not always a great feeling. You know, Hollywood just reeks of that shit, and there's nothing fair in the entertainment industry. I think, you know, it's the only reason it's not fair is because we're immature. I think, you know, the reality is if we were mature, we wouldn't be trying to fucking hurt other people. And there's plenty of room to go around. It's like, I don't know why... People who vampire off talent like you and I yeah. haven't put that together yet. There's something for everyone. Yeah. You know, and I think just throwing it up on Amazon, that's fine, but then all of a sudden you got this fine print, now it belongs to Amazon. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like you don't know what to fucking trust. Yeah. You know, back in the day to have gotten dicked around, you know, uh, you and I both have. You know, we're talking like in a 20-year, up up to like 2019 for me. Yeah. And I was like, fuck publishers. 
It's like I never want to fucking like, I'm always going to want to self-publish my shit. And that's all I'm going to do, you know. Uh, Cole, you got a cat back there? Yeah, yeah, this cat's whiny. (laughs) So, hey, Doug. Yeah, he's like, nothing's perfect enough for, for him. Oh. Well, we can relate, huh? I think, you know, the problems are out there, you know, trying to, you know, and this whole season's really belonged to comics. I've had uh, Shannon Wheeler. Yeah. William Stout. Yeah. I'm about to get Pat Moriarty on. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Say hi to Pat. (laughs) I will. No, I can, you know, you, you guys... I, I don't know anything. I wasn't there back then. Yeah. You know, but uh, you guys both seem like pretty decent dudes. Yeah, you're pretty decent. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on here. You know, it doesn't have, we don't have to go an hour. We can cut it here in a half hour. I know, I, I, I kind of wanted to, uh, I haven't got to my high points, but I could be, if it was convenient for you, I could shut up, though. No, hey, you want to, do you want to, uh, keep talking. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's like, hear some. Well, let's hear some of that. Okay. Like I said, like I kind of have kind of you know rebooted Captain Saucer. Tempted to be more serious. Get a code still overdrive. Kind of got dumped on by the King of Small Press, but has also got repurposed as a. Uh, an A-plus college journalism project when I was in electronic school at uh, Iowa Western Community College. So it was that. And I did get a newsstand, which kind of got killed off by Capital and Friends, but at least I got it, at least I got it in the comic shop in the direct markets. That's cool. When was that? 89, early 90s. So these I got in the, you know, these I got in comic shops. It didn't sell well lost money, but at least I did it. Uh-oh. We'll be right back. Place in this world where we can live in peace with our people. He is from a future world. Trapped in another time. Searching for his past. A hunter of incredible power and strength. In his quest for his origin, he and the woman he loves must fight hostile tribes. And try to survive the violent forces of a newly born Earth. He is the warrior known as Yor. His medallion holds the key to his destiny. His courage makes him master of a world in chaos. His enemy uses the weapons of tomorrow to enslave a primitive planet. But his passion for freedom will set his people free. You're the hunter from the future. Him. Okay. They taunted him. They 
tormented him until he had a horrifying accident and fell into a vat of nuclear waste. Transforming little Melvin into a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Melvin became the Toxic Avenger. The first superhero born out of nuclear waste. Yes, the muggers and the rapists didn't know what law and order was until the Toxic Avenger came to town. Holy shit! I don't know what it was, but it saved my life. Alright, everybody! Drop your tacos or I'll blow your brains out! The vandals and the perverts had their way with the little people of Trollville until the Toxic Avenger ripped them apart. The Toxic Avenger. His face is so terrifying. We can't show it to you now. You'll have to see the movie for yourself. The Toxic Avenger can bend steel with his bare hands. What were you, uh, I mean, what was it where, like, what were you, what were you drawing? What was, what was the thing that you liked the most? Did you stick with that? I kind of, like, did several attempts to reboot it. And actually, it's not a proud point. I actually rip off press, picked it up. In the early 90s. And they're going to actually promote it as a guaranteed five sales sell through. Which actually was kind of a point for me to believe in that much. But unfortunately, that's when Heroes World came down and ruined it. Heroes World? Yeah, it's was a. It was a. Yeah, see, Marvel Comics, their sales were sagging a little bit in the early 90s. So they thought it was a bright idea to buy a distributor and try to stiff arm shops to buy more of their stuff. Wait. Well, is that when uh, Marvel, like, 
actually sold their shit to Maybelline? Did that happen? That I don't know about, but they bought a distributor called Harold's World, and that totally tanked the market. It did. Yeah. In around 95. And then... And so my so the Reviver was in a Stella Overdrive was kind of was tanked and it was like the had a dubious and a, a dubious distinction of like being the first ever rip off press comic to get canceled for lack of sales. Huh. Anyway, I'm kind of proud of that. I mean, you can not only have Flexi Bass, but it had. But it had Adam Punk in it before I Adam Punk was a thing. I did Diesel Punk. And if for Diesel Punk was a thing, something more terms, I made up my own term called uh, Tube, Tube Punk. Because, you know, because ripping off of Cyberpunk looks like trendy back then. Yeah. And uh, also, dabbled, also dabbled a little bit in cassette, cassette features before I had a name. Like what? Just doing a, you know, kind of like doing a whole hexagonal 70s sci-fi look. <laughs> With all the little geeblies and all the little parallelograms and stuff. So you were, like, totally pioneering a bunch of shit. Yeah. And uh, also, like, I uh, also did some early, what's now called steampunk back in the 90s when I, like... Started uh, fleshing out uh, Flexia the lions, which is which is uh, which is which are Flexia's race. Are you are you claiming that you like kind of started steampunk? Not really. I was kind of ahead of my time, and got ignored. But I mean, the thing that was always there. I mean, go all the way back to H.G. Wells and Jules Verne, and then yeah, that's then true. It's been stuff. around for a minute when you look at it like that. And then he had like stuff. I mean, he had like the Twenty Thousand Leagues by Disney back in the fifties, which kind of like set up all this Iron Spike cliches. And and is he still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I thought the phone disconnected. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. No, I'm I'm just I'm just listening. Yeah. Anyway, I was a kid, when I was a kid back in the 60s, 70s, I really liked steam and thrashing shows. And when a kid is a little, you know, you know, garbled imagination, I kind of like pieced it all together. So it was a bit of a juvenilia being recycled there. Yeah. Actually, one thing I'm kind of, I'm kind of proud of is a little bit frustrating that I never got pressed, but I like that. There was a uh, Interstellar Drive number three from the original run that never got it's in the can, never got published. Why? What happened? What was? Why didn't? None of the none of the strippers bought it. They didn't buy it because they didn't like uh, what it was. The reviews of the second, the first two, or what? Yeah, that. I guess I know. I'm not in a rattle brain, so I don't know. But anyway, like number three. Actually, I was trying to bring a lot of industrial design, you know, into into comics. So, so yeah, there's kind of like that. so they're on this planet, uh, planet called Sea World, and uh, and they had like I was like okay, actually, it was, the thing was only about half real life. I thought it was very aware of when I did it. 
little bit half realized now, but I think I was under something good because it's like I said, it was had steampunk in it, had diesel punk in it, and it had some atom punk in it. And what? A couple things is oh, sorry. See, like thing that back in eighty eight, eighty nine, the diesel punk I was doing some uh, Bauhaus influenced stuff. Yeah. Along went along with the Art Deco influenced stuff. Which is an, you know area that went unexplored. And for like the steampunk stuff, I was going usually they go Victorian. I was throwing some in some art nouveau influences like Antonio Gaudi and Victor Horta and them. Okay. And uh see it's kinda you know, it's kinda like a shame that this was never commercially successful and never followed up on. Well, at least I did that stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, I, you you were just you were drilling new new things. Yeah, trying yeah, try to do new things, and uh, then I did art. For, then and then the bad years after that, I did uh, I did do art for uh, Timber Ridge Outdoor and Adventure Magazine. Adventure. Yeah, this basically is uh, this guy had a thing for hunting and aviation, so he did a magazine out of his house in Sergeant Bluff, Iowa. Oh yeah. And I, and I did a lot of cartoons and illustrations for it. I even did typesetting. Did you and know Sean Carey? What? Did you know Sean Carey? No. The woman that drew for cartoons. No. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, a lot of artists. I actually did read the magazine. I was in grade school and junior high. You know, she created the uh, the sk- uh, kid skank or whatever for, for the Circle Jerks. Oh, yeah, the little old guy, yeah. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, still around her. Huh? She's still around her. No, I, I don't think so. But there's the, I don't know if there's actual proof that she has passed away, but it looks like she did. You know, it looks that way. I'm not sure. Uh, I would have liked to have met her. She's one of a lot of great artists. Um, I would have liked to have met. I felt like, you know, I, I was drawing in the eighties, but I was still really young. And then by, uh, by the time the nineties came around, then I, uh, I got the tail end of that Bill Clinton, <laughs> you know, uh, the freedom of uh, the freedom of being able to sell a zine for that you stole from Kinkos for a dollar, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, yeah, Kinkos, yeah, I remember them well. Oh man, that was the lifesaver. Those were like f- uh, better days, I thought. You know, just simple shit. Yeah, a little nine is playing White Max and everything. But, you know, I mean, I did have a spot on Caliber at one point. Uh, I did uh, have a bunch of publications. I just felt like, hey, you know, the, the best thing I ever do is just the shit that I, I did myself. Yeah. I don't know if you felt that way. Collaborations, you know, they're they're great yeah. until you got a fallout with somebody. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like, well, now I don't even want to see it. Fuck that shit. Blah blah blah. Yeah. 
I kind of feel that way about it, you know, because most of the time that I have been involved in some stuff, uh, it's been with people that I grew up with or on, and that have been a part of my growth in comics, you know, it's, it's just kind of despairing in that way, and that's kind of one of the things I would definitely tell people. Now, just don't get attached. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, don't get attached, dude. Just make just make sure that you know why you're doing your work. Yeah. You know? And, and as long as it's really just keeping you sane, then, you know, you're probably a true comic book artist if that's the case, you know? Because really, yeah. that's what it comes down to in, in the end. Yeah. It's for sanity purposes. Yeah. You know? And I yeah, think... Yeah, like the middle 80s, like, keep my brain alive and not, <laughs> not a whole lot else that was going on, going on right in my life. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, man, we're... My lifeline says I live to 103, man. It'd be nice, yeah. You know, but I... It don't mean that I will, but, you know, if I did, I'd like to make it, like, the last three years are the only years I really had to wear the pens and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of really dreaming about seeing the tricentennial, but that's very, very unlikely. <laughs> yeah. That's the upper end of human lifespan, really. It's that It's that uh, 100th anniversary of Star Wars, too. It's like, fuck, yeah, man. A year afterwards, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's, that's why I'd want to be around... Like the 27th uh, 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 trilogy was as good as the 26th. <laughs> yeah. It's like... George R. the 7th really sucked. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. So, what kind of old... Are you listening to... Do you listen to... Are you like me? Do you just listen to, like, old school shit? Like, the same old shit you've been listening to for, like... 40 years. Sometimes, sometimes I listen to an old rock station in Omaha called the River. And it was kind of like I have mixed feelings, like the new alts. Doesn't seem to be all that, you know, all that much different from the old AOR that they were rebelling against. Are you, uh, like, do you, do you just like radio rock? Or are you just cool with it as far as working? You know, I mean, I listen to, I mean, and this, I don't know, I think there's a lot of stuff I listen to, like, Listen to eight, you know, I mean, listen to, like, sometimes I track through YouTube trying to find some old punk I missed the first time around. Sometimes I listen to, like, cheesy AM Top 40 I grew up with as a kid that didn't know better. <laughs> yeah, I can relate this like, to that. Like this, this is like, you know, I mean, I said I'm a child of 70, so this is like the Seasons of the Sun, Chevy Van, you know, Afternoon Delights type stuff. But <laughs> totally, like, you know, yeah. You know, Tootie Cheese Bastic. Were you ever like a Dr. Demento dude? Was I what? Were you ever like, remember Dr. Demento? Yeah, he was fun. He was fun. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. I guess he's uh, doing, I guess he's only on the web now, but I would stay up late. Oh, he's still alive? 
still alive. I think, yeah, I haven't heard him for years, but I think he does, does do a podcast or something. That's fucking amazing, dude. I had no idea. I thought we had lost him a long time ago for some reason. So you want to hear, like, dead puppies for the 200th time? <laughs> Fish heads. <laughs> it's kind of like Rocky. He's the Rocky horror of radio. Yeah. He's kind of the Rocky, you know, you like, you know, it's Frankenfurter. Nobody really knows what the movie's about. You know. <laughs> God, that's another thing I haven't seen for years. It was kind of like, and it was, actually, that was one of the influences in some of the retro stuff in Captain Saucer. Yeah, would you say that uh, Rocky Horror was like that? I mean, they had a, you know, this castle full of all this old Art Deco and some 50s kishk. Yeah. Was that your favorite one to do, the saucer? Actually, National Overdrive is my most favorite thing. Yeah. Actually, Captain Saucer, I said, even though it didn't go anywhere, I think if it had a little bit more support, I mean, it was good enough, I got good enough, it got involved in doing Interstellar Overdrive, which was like the most, uh, which was a more serious version, then I kind of went back and did a different version with with a bunch of new characters, that was more wackier and denser, and you know, so I think it was good. It was, it was good enough to get two series on one. It's too bad the commercial recognition wasn't quite there. Yeah. The fan support. I mean, they kind of like the funny one. I kind of stripped it down and this, you know, built up uh, belly laughs and like <laughs> comedic sociopathic. Somebody saw it. Saw it early. Early re- preview of it called it uh, Anna Barbera meets Russ Meyer. That's great description. I love that. I, I am already into it, man. Yeah, so like, kind of like. <laughs> so like, an, like almost like an anamorphic, you know, tits, like a like Omaha or some shit. It's kind of like a worst. <laughs> Yeah, all the women there are busty, and uh, some are bustier than others. And <laughs> all the guys like meatheads. And <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I, I love, I love to. Like, no, actually, there's like practically no smart males in that comic. <laughs> there are a few smart females, but. <laughs> Sounds like you know what. It sounds like you know what you you like. You know, you have a specific. You have a specific taste on. Specific uh, what? You have specific tastes. Yeah. Yeah, got all sorts of quirky, yeah, quirky stuff here. Uh. That's cool. You developed it. I mean, it's what you create. We create these worlds, man. Yeah, I said I had a couple sister strips. Got the one. One I'm. I got one. I'm trying to revive. Revive the automatic. Is that revived a juvenilia called the Inventor and Igor, which is a. It's sort of like Jay Ward's Black Adder meets Green Acres. Come another funky description. <laughs> Oh, uh, what was the? Did you ever get into Petticoat Junction? No, uh, Jay Ward's Black Adder. 
Or, I mean, uh, you never watched uh, Petticoat? I did back when I was a kid. Green Acres is a much better show. <laughs> I always wanted to see those chicks, like, naked in the water tank. Yeah. <laughs> you, you knew that it would almost show them, and it was never going to show them. Yeah. It was a great hook. I always thought, hey, that, that was, you know. Yeah, probably like the best thing about the show. I mean, otherwise, it's a little small-town sitcom. Right, that is the best. That's what makes you watch the show. Uh, actually, Green Acres, Green Acres, I said, I like Green Acres better because it's a lot weirder show. You know, they. I heard they cooked and ate Abner, that pig. Oh, not Abner, uh, Arnold. Yeah. Arnold, Arnold. Yeah. I heard they ate him. Possible they have various pigs. They don't stay that size very long. They probably did go through a few pigs, huh? Yeah, what, I think he's like, what is this, a little Yorkshire or something? I don't know, guy. He's just one of these little, like, low-life guys, right? He only lives, like, 15 years or some shit. They're probably like, well, he is succulent. Yeah. He's he's a succulent shank, so. Yeah. It's like, why would you want to, like, co-star with something you knew you were going to eat at the end? Delicious bacon! <laughs> kind of weird. It's like, leave the fucking pig alone. The pig's smarter than you. The pig was definitely smarter than Zsa Zsa Gabor. He was smarter than all the hicks in town, that's for sure. Definitely smarter than Zsa Zsa. Yeah. You know? Uh, it, but, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, you know. I'm not going to break down into animal rights and stuff, but, you know, I thought the pig deserved better. Yeah. I, th I think so. Yeah. Yeah, man. Arnold? Yeah, Arnold Ziffold. Arnold Ziffold. Actually, I consider it to be the third weirdo show from the 60s, the other two being the Munsters and the Adams Family. Yeah. Like, everybody in that everybody in that little town who wasn't over, over Winter Douglas was not so. <laughs> which one did you think was, uh, which one did you like more, Adams Family or uh, Munsters? Adams Family. Adams Family I like better because that's actually a weirdo show for weirdos. Yeah. The Monsters was more like a weirdo show for normal people. Yeah, it kind of was, huh? Yeah, I kind of like, and I said, I also like, you know, growing up as a kid with undiagnosed aspens, you're having a little family oasis of weirdness would have been, been kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. my own father was into a bunch of underground, I don't really talk about it too much, but he had his whole, like, hidden compartment uh, yeah. sta stashed in because he lived in the basement he took a bunch of Amish barnyard wood yeah. and made this uh, you know uh, basement but when he when he made it was cool looking but when he did it he made a hidden compartment well <laughs> Indiana Jones had just come out a year before that <laughs> and uh, yeah. I was like yeah. bah, 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 bah. Looking for some shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I found it. And that's where he had all these underground comics. So, you know, at that time, they had been just infiltrating the comic system with gold keys and Dell reprints. Yeah. Uh, and Mickey Mouse shit, literally. Um, and I found those undergrounds. Yeah. And I felt like, hey, that's where I'm... That's kind of where I got in... I kind of started mixing the, like you said, Russ Meyer with uh, Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I can relate, you know. <laughs> can totally yeah, relate. Got, like, you know, they also got another third, another companion. Yeah. There. Yeah, that's the point of next step, yeah. Third, compa- another companion project I'm working on is called Manevo Land, which is a roommate comedy about orcs and orgo, orger, ogres. Oh, yeah. Painless than it is. It seems like in real life. No, I'm just playing. Um, Maybe next time there is one. Otherwise, yeah. (laughs) Well, you are welcome back, Doug. If you ever wish, and uh, you know, obviously it was it was really nice to have you on on the show. And uh, did I just wanted to ask you this? Did you ever hear the story about uh, speaking of ElfQuest? Did you ever hear the story about the the what was it, the uh, comic book shop in Texas that got closed down because, like, of an ElfQuest book that got sold to a 14-year-old? Oh. And I never knew it was for... I never knew it was for mature readers. What was it from, Comico? Do you remember? I think, did ElfQuest publish your own? I don't know. Uh, but, it, yeah, maybe... Um, but yeah, these guys came in just in a feud, man. Closed the guy down. He got charged like some obscene amount of money. Uh, like as a... So somebody, some kid so naked uh, health boobs or something. No, it wasn't even that. It was just a, it was a birth scene. And all it was was the knees were up. They didn't even show the... There was no vagina. There was no... Uh, factual birthing, you know. Yeah. It was just the knees up, and that was enough. Uh, <laughs> if you can believe that, the guy got thrown in jail for a minute. Weird, yeah. Yeah, lost his shop, all kinds of shit. Like, what is this? The last show I just had on, yeah. uh, my buddy uh, Vonning, uh, Channing Von Taylor, excuse me, and uh, he just got booted out of the military for his own, uh, they kind of just were censored because he's in the military and he's like releasing music. Yeah. And people can go back and listen to that episode, but it does sound like, you know, we all are experiencing, I'd like to get you on to talk about gatekeeping more at some point if, uh, if, it, if you think it wouldn't agitate you. 
I don't want it to get up. It, I wouldn't want to have you on to talk about it if it was like, hey, I don't want to talk about it anymore, you know. But uh, that is something I plan on talking about here okay. coming up. And uh, we, we're going to have the Gatekeeper episode, Volume 1, me and uh, my buddy Dame Darcy. Do you know who that is? Not well. Uh, she's on the show. So she's uh, definitely uh, someone who wants to talk about what it's like to keep people back and how you need to move forward and, you know, what's the proper process, Uh, what's the best way to move forward. All this and more, guys, uh, if you got a show out there and you're listening, you can call me at 206-666-5847. You can uh, contact me off the Spotify platform under underground cartoon therapy and doug i want to thank you uh for taking the time to be with us tonight do you have any uh do you have any way uh in the last minute here uh you can give any links or anything like that that people can get a hold of you see i'm on facebook obviously uh have a th- a neglected comic and sci-fi guy called Sci-Fi Guys, and it's on a Drunk Duck website. I think it's called The Duck Now. Kind of like it. Get something to check out. Awesome. And also got, also got Mel Allen Sink over at, uh, at DeviantArt, which I need to update badly. <laughs> well, I hope this show inspires you to do that. Yeah, I'm actually working on five pieces of art today, so... That's good, dude. Shit, that's awesome. You didn't actually, say that. Actually, they were like ink wave in the past couple months, but I'm like coloring them in with my Wacom and my Winova. Do you like using the Wacom? Yeah, I like white. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's me. It's a lot faster than the old way, I mean. Do you feel like, like it looks work? better, too? Pathways can boy speed it up. I mean, I mean, God, I started out with a little bow most in the 90s. <laughs> kind of ludicrous. I mean, cleaning the thing out all the time, too. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. And I got like a Wynova and a Big Mac here. This is kind of like a poor man's antique. As long as you're comfortable with it. I think that's what <laughs> mat- should matter to the artist, man. Yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can do stuff fast. I mean, like, I can, like, do fake key lines. You know, like, you know, ape, you know, like, ape the old hand-cut ones that take all day, and then, like, you know, but I can do it in minutes in the Mac. That's good. That's cool, right? Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. No, I used yeah. to have, like, more of a probably saltier Clint Eastwood kind of attitude about it. Uh, yeah. especially after just growing up on pens straight up, but you know, it's foolish yeah. to, to be like, Hey, we're not moving forward. And we, I encourage P. I I got a different point of view. I encourage you and everybody else out there in pod zine land, yeah. move fucking forward. Don't look back. Don't go in reverse, man. Unless you're purposefully going in reverse for your subject matter or whatever. Yeah. There's no need to go backward guys. Keep looking forward. And, Doug, thanks for joining us tonight. Okay, nice talking to you. All right, hey, hold on.
I mean, Bill Stein didn't sound nothing like this guy. He was a beat ass. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll stop busting his balls and just let them let the audience make their fucking own uh, call, huh? Yeah, let them hang free in the breeze for a few minutes before they get sniffed off. Well, you guys are going to find out why we call these the Lost Files, because I didn't know what the fuck to do with them to begin with, so... Oh, that's what you got to play at the very, very beginning of the X-Files, Oh, you want to do it again? No. Alright, we'll play it at the end of the show. Alright. Alright, we'll be right back, guys. Hold on. Three... Well, this is the first episode of the fucking Lost Files, huh, Mom? Yeah. And Doug Halverson, he's he's pretty, you know, he is pretty kind of like not happy or a little disgruntled or hard to get him up on the... Morose. Yep, that's a good fucking word. Kind of a... You can totally tell he's... It's like, I don't know if he'd be happy doing anything. I guess I'm gu- guilty of that, though. I'm guilty of that. You've told me that a few times in my life. Yeah, when I catch you looking at the glass half empty, what do I tell you? If you think it's half empty, fill it up. Or you say, fuck off, I'm going to slap you upside the fucking head. No. <laughs> if you're being a big weenie. Das Vini. Oh, man. Well... We got some exciting or more shows in the prospects coming up. Uh, we're about to put out that William Stout one. That's coming up. We got our uh, our family member Leilani and her uh, Crack Rock Steady band. Now Crack Rock Steady, that's a fucking genre of music. You know that? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, well, it started by the leftover crack dicks. Her band's called Treasury, so that kind of keyed me that it might be down the line to leftover crack or something. Well, that fucking episode's coming out uh, soon, and uh, I can't remember who else. There's a bunch of them, man. There's so much shit. Mom, I can't even keep up. Plus, we got 30 Lost Files episodes we're putting out. And that's going to be over the period of uh, as long as it fucking takes. But this is number one. And thanks, Mom, for being here. And, uh, yeah, we're just fucking rocking it out. She's getting baked right now. Holy shit. <laughs> Not uncommon for me and my mom to get ripped, especially during the show. Once again, if you got a story out there, give us a call at the studio, 206-666-5847. You can uh, send us money at adamairwilliams at gmail.com uh, uh, via PayPal. Uh, you can leave us a message on fucking Spotify. You got a gutter snippet? Well, let's get one in. 
soon as you start, stop choking on some fucking delicious weed smoke. Yeah, you just said it right before we, right in between the editing. What'd you say? <laughs> Stoners, man. Damn, Mom, you took a fucking well, huge hit. But I can tell you, kid, that when shit looks the worst, that's when you go out and look for something to make it better. And that's what we're trying to do on the show, right? We're trying to help people make themselves better. Yes, we are. And help ourselves to be better at the same time. And maybe if Doug Holverson hears his episode here, which I doubt he probably will. Uh, well, bless his heart. I'm sorry I mustered his mouth so hard, but he's got to know how he comes across as. Uh, maybe he needs to fucking hear it. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, part of underground cartoon therapy. Well, if you don't realize you're coming across that way, how are you going to correct it? Yeah, I mean, I I was really tolerable. I've been tolerable of a few guests. You keep, it's like I used to tell you, Adam, back when you were ranting and raving all the time. You can't put out constant negativity and expect to get a positive result. It's Fucking not happen. It took me a while to learn it, but uh, at least Doug Holverson can hear it. You weren't alone. I think most cartoonists are like that. Well, they become cartoonists because they're isolated and angry, most of them. Or isolated and in pain. Well, yeah, you know. The thing that, that seems to connect all of y'all is your feeling of isolation from the rest of the human race. There might be a little something to it. Yeah, because when y'all start to reconnect, you're, you're, you're still into the artwork by then, but your art changes. Hmm. It evolves. It's nice to take the time to reflect on this kind of shit, man. I think other people need to hear this too, you know? Yeah, what really uh, made me look at it was Granny taking me to see a bunch of Van Goghs one time when they were on tour. And I was looking at the painting and remembering what he was going through at the different periods of his life. And seeing how those feelings had affected his artwork. Knowing as a human being how he had to have felt about certain things. Yeah, totally. And seeing how that affected his artwork. And I noticed the changes and the differences. And I started seeing what the people around me were actually talking about. And that's what made me start looking at other artists that I knew had their ups and downs and seeing if it was consistent. That's pretty pretty cool. Even Rodriguez had his days. Hmm. There is a relationship we share. You know? Yeah. 
Common bonds. And if you don't follow through with your art, you could end up with bail bonds. Yep, and I'll tell you something else. If the glass is only half full, the bottle of wine's on the table. Pour yourself some fucking more and quit whining. Pour a hand you an apple and a piece of cheese. You heard my fucking mom. <laughs> and I remembered what the other one was. Sympathy's found between shit and syphilis in the dictionary. If you want some, look it up. <laughs> and that's a fucking gutter fucking snippet right the fuck there. Yep, no blood, no sympathy. Alright, guys. Well, let's wrap this fucker up. You cool with that, Mom? And we'll tune in next time with me and uh, Grandma Gutterpunk. And that was some pretty good fucking introspect there, Mom, by the way. That was awesome. I tried to give it some thought. I can't always remember what it was I thought about, but I tried to give it some thought. <laughs> God bless some fucking weed up in here, huh? I'm telling you. Alright guys, 206-666-5847, hit me and the moms up, you got a story, don't care, if it's not boring, hit us up man, send us some fucking money, paypal, adamairwilliams at gmail.com, leave us a message at Spotify, and soon enough we'll be uh, getting on YouTube soon, doing some Zoom episodes, and I think that's where it's all heading. Up on money today, but feel feel free to send any other treats you think you can get by with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take them all, big or small. You've been listening to Adam Air MD GD Underground Cartoon Therapy. Damn.